You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft, and I am your host, Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And can you believe this is the last episode of 2021? The very last episode of 2021. I mean, this year has gone by, I mean, just at a rapid speed. And this last episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you do not want or need. And you can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. So check it out, truebill.com. And again, 2021. I mean, this year has flown by, but honestly, for me, it's it's been a great year. My family's healthy. I'm healthy. I just took a COVID test, my third one in the last couple of months, and passed it. Rona free for nearly two years now. 2021, I got engaged, I got married, my podcast got picked up by the Locked On Network, I did a live draft show, that was one of the highlights of my year, I mean a dream come true doing a live NBA draft show with Chad Ford and and on, and, and just the whole opportunity that David Locke and Tegna and Locked On gave me, I also moved to Europe and been able to travel again and, and watch basketball abroad, so 2021 has been a great year for me. I'm looking forward to 2022. I just have some some stuff that I have in mind and some goals for just my my podcast, my my YouTube channel. I also will start a Locked On NBA Draft YouTube channel. So look forward to to doing that. I'm just thankful for everything that 2021 brought to to me and, and my family. Now for 2022, it's kind of getting a little scary in a sense because COVID. I mean, we thought COVID was going to be done. It is not going away. It is back in full effect and COVID is impacting some plans. I am currently in Barcelona, but tomorrow me and my wife will be headed to Athens. We'll stay there for at least a month. Seems like COVID is doing numbers in Spain and it's not as crazy in Greece. And then also Athens is a little bit cheaper than Barcelona. Games have been getting canceled in both countries. I know I, I just found out that Greece is only allowing a thousand fans at certain events. So I don't know if I'll be able to check out any EuroLeague games, but I may be able to check out some of the junior league second division games if, if they're allowing fans. Hopefully twenty two is is good for me just like twenty one was. I hope that I can make it through this entire basketball season. I planned on being here in Europe until at least May, June at the very, very latest. Um, And I just hope that I'll be able to get a chance to see as many players live and and scout them in person as as I originally planned. I know like one event already got... It didn't get canceled, but it was impacted. It was the Adidas Next Generation Tournament, which is a big tournament that... One of the highlights of for me coming out here, I wanted to watch all the players in, in that particular tournament and the first round of games in Germany have they haven't been canceled, but they're not allowing fans. So 
Um, I guess I have to wait until February to to see. Um, I forgot which city. I think it may be Belgrade, Serbia. So I just have to wait until February to see um, which games I can attend in person. But that's enough rambling. I want to talk about a few players that I have been watching film on and, and that I think are some of the more intriguing prospects for this 2022 NBA draft class. And the first one is Tari Eason from LSU. He has been getting a lot of buzz lately, Cincinnati transfer. He's fun to watch. He's... You know, I don't know if, if you saw, but there was like this big debate on Twitter about the difference between hoopers and basketball players. And I don't want to go all the way into it, but Eason is definitely a hooper. He just reminds me of like that dude at the park that's just really good at a little bit of everything. Game may not seem like it's the most polished, but he is just impactful on both ends of the floor. And I mean, hopefully this term doesn't offend anyone, but I mean, he's got like this, this hood as I, I would tell my brother, he's hood good. Like he's just a guy that he looks like his gang was developed playing on the playgrounds as opposed to someone that has had a trainer and did drills around cones. And I mean, he's definitely one of the biggest risers of this season. He's someone that I didn't have on my draft board at the beginning of the year. And uh, I mean, he's so far, he's been great. 6'8", 215 pounds, sophomore. I, I would consider him a combo forward. He's averaging 15.8 points per game, 7.4 rebounds. And what makes him more intriguing is that he's averaging 1.4 blocks per game and 1.7 steals. He has a high motor. He's aggressive. He plays hard. I love that he has an NBA body and frame. And when I say that, his frame and size allows him to possibly play both positions, even though I think that he may end up being a, a four. He can attack off the dribble. He can play pick and rolls as a pick and pop, more so of a pick and pop face up four that likes to slash. The shooting isn't there yet. Um, he attacks the offensive glass, and like I said, he has a high motor, which helps him draw a lot of fouls, and when he draws fouls, it's mostly due to his activity. And then, like I mentioned, he gets blocks and steals, and one of the things that I I really like is that he is a defensive playmaker, and he creates a lot of his fast break opportunities by getting steals, jumping the passing lanes, but he's also a good shot blocker in transition, whether it's chase down blocks help side blocks. I mean, he has a few blocks where he just blocked his man's shot driving one-on-one. And another skill set that I think could really, I mean, it, it's it's a skill set where he's just showing some flashes at this point. Even though he only has nine assists this season, he has shown that he has the vision and he, he sees the game as a passer. He can make some live dribble passes. Um, as far as his athleticism, it's kind of weird. Sometimes you, you watch and you say he's not like very explosive. And then every once in a while, he'll make a play that just kind of wows you. There's a, a play where he did a reverse dunk. He was on the right side of the court, went, drove baseline and finished with the reverse dunk. So his athleticism is, is weird. It just doesn't seem consistent. Sometimes he looks like he struggles finishing in traffic. And then other times he looks like he is a guy that's going to make that can make plays above the rim and, and traffic in half-court situations. Another skill set that I think will translate to the NBA is that he's an excellent scorer 
and transition in the open floor. Now, as far as like some flaws or concerns, I still think he's a little raw on offense. Sometimes he can play a little wild, pick up charges, end up on the floor. Like I mentioned, he lacks explosiveness or consistency in his explosiveness around the rim, which is kind of like a weird, I don't know, it's like a weird, I wouldn't say it's a stat, but it's just something that I noticed that seems a little weird. And he's very dominant driving to his right. Like I could probably count on one hand how many times he drove going to his left. He's very good when he's driving right, but he's... um, really doesn't do much as far as like driving to the rim going to his left hand his decision making is a little shaky from time to time and I mean he has like a negative assist to turnover ratio the biggest concern is his outside shooting the shot looks kind of funny he may need to rework it the jump shot even the percentages are not good he's only shooting 24 percent on jump shots 22.7 percent on catch and shoot jumpers And then, um, you know, so, I mean, if you see his film, it's kind of like he's just kind of throwing it up. I I think that he has some potential as a shooter, even though he's only shooting 27% from three, he's shooting 80% from the foul line. So that's a pretty good indication of his touch. Another numbers, other numbers that I want to throw out for you is that he's shooting 74% in transition, shooting 55% as the role man, which I think would increase with NBA spacing. But here is something that could make him a special prospect. Now, it's only small sample size, but he is shooting 75% as the pick and roll ball handler. So, with his ability to score as an, uh, a slashing attacker, his handle, and his size, which I think, like I said, he'll be a four. If he could be a four that can make plays out of ball screens, and I mentioned like the passing instincts, then he could really be a weapon. I think that he's played himself into the first-round conversation. So that is my report for Tari Eason from LSU. Next, I want to talk about Blake Wesley. But before I talk about Blake, I want to talk to you about Truebill. And Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you do not need, want, or simply forgot about. And that's because these free trials love to renew without your consent. It's a business scam to get money out of you, like most things. So don't let the greedy corporations pocket your money, download Truebill, and take control of your subscriptions. Because on the average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because the companies make their subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions with one app. And Truebill has over 2 million users. And the 2 million users combined have saved over $100 million. I just used Truebill to cancel a subscription from a streaming service. The show that I was watching ended this past weekend so I no longer needed that subscription service and True Bill was able to cancel it because when I was trying to sign in to the site I couldn't you know I just had issues with the password over but anyway True Bill helped me eliminate that $14 a month so don't fall for the subscription scam start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA go right now truebill.com slash locked on NBA it can save you thousands a year if it saves you thousands a year that means you have a lot of subscriptions but it's truebill.com slash locked on NBA 
All right, I wanted to thank each and every person for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. And in my case, since my show is on Monday, your first listen of the week. But now I want you to listen and check out Locked On Now. The Locked On Now podcast recaps every NBA game with analysis from my local experts. So listen to Locked On Now. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you can watch it on Locked On NBA on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. All right, the next player that I wanted to discuss is someone that has also made a big name for himself this season. Didn't see him on a lot of draft boards, not even a month ago or or two months ago, but it is Blake Wesley, a freshman, 6'5", 185 pound. I think he's a combo guard out of Notre Dame. He's averaging 13 points per game, 2.9 rebounds, 2.2 assists per game on 44, 34, 67 shooting splits. Wesley is... A big guard at, at 6'5", who I think has the potential to be a lead ball handler, but he can play both guard spots. What I like about him is his offensive creativity and his scoring instincts. He has some one-on-one shot creation in his game. This may be crazy to some, but I see a little bit of Jamal Crawford. Now, I mean, there's only one Jamal. He may not be as dancey with the ball as Jamal, but I do see... Similarities, I think that early in Jamal's career, people thought that he was a point guard and some thought he was a two, and then he ended up settling to be arguably the best six man of, of all time. I think that could be a role for, for Wesley. Um, even though he can score the ball, I think that he has very underrated passing instincts. I think he can play a role as a ball mover or a driving kick passer. I love how he's unselfish. That is something that really stood out to me. He's on a Notre Dame team where he has some some vets around him. He hasn't really been in a situation where it's his team if they've given him the keys, but he's shown that he can score and, like I said, get players involved. He's unselfish. The passing has been good. He's a capable three-point shooter. He's actually shooting 34% from three, which is pretty good. I think that as a pull-up shooter, he has a lot of potential. So what really stands out to me is his size, his ability to, like I said, play both guard spots, also move the ball, but his shot creation is definitely probably the the most intriguing skill set. Now, as far as areas of concern or weaknesses, I think he struggles a little bit finishing at the rim, and I personally, even though the numbers are decent as a shooter, I think he settles for too many threes, Um, and I would like to see him attack, get to the free throw line a little bit more, and honestly, he's an average free throw shooter, only shooting 67% from the foul line, but I would love to see him a little bit more aggressive. I think he's someone that his name is going to shoot up draft boards, especially once you get into the workout phase of the summer, I think he's going to really look good in workouts with his size, ball handling. I think he's going to shoot the ball well. Now, another area of concern is his passes. Even though I think he's a good passer, sometimes the passes just seem like they're missing a little bit of snap. They're, they're not always on time, on target, and accurate. So I think that's something that he can work on. Now, as far as the numbers that stood out to me when I looked at his advanced stats. He's only shooting 53% around the rim, which I think could improve. The 38% on jumpers is good, but 40% on jumpers off the dribble. With his size, his ball handling, I think that that combination 
and offensive creativity could make him one of the more dangerous pull-up shooters in this draft class and even as a a threat to be a pull-up shooter in the NBA. So that wraps it up for that particular scouting report on Blake Wesley, a, like I said, 6'5 combo guard out of Notre Dame. All right, I have a couple more players that I'm trying to squeeze into this episode. But before I wrap it up with those two guys, I want to talk to you about Bet Online because Bet Online has you covered for this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues this March through the college bowl season. Wow, is it that time already? And the pro football playoffs. Bet Online is the number one and will remain your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for. What's left of 2021, which is only one day. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers that are available. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, I have a couple more prospects that I want to talk about. The next one is Harrison Ingram. I think I mentioned him briefly in the last episode. 6'8", 230-pound point forward, freshman from Stanford, averaging 12 points per game, 6.9 rebounds, 3.1 assists per game. On 41-31-76 shooting splits, those numbers don't really stand out. But Ingram is a unique prospect. I've seen comparisons to Draymond Green simply because both are like these a point forward I mean they're both strong with like a thick frame and 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 have the versatility to to play multiple positions Ingram is a good ball handler and a decision maker I love how he's patient he plays with poise and has a high IQ and feel for the game which is similar to Draymond Green despite having the build of a throwback you know low post banger at 6'8 230 Ingram is very, very comfortable initiating the offense. I actually think that it is his best position simply because he has the passing instincts in the field. And as far as scoring the ball, he likes to do most of his work attacking closeouts and scoring off the dribble. He does get points off of offensive rebound. He's a good rebounder. Now, here's something that kind of makes him a divisive prospect in a sense because when you watch the film, you can see that he is a natural when it comes to scoring on the post. He has the frame. You know, a lot of the best post scores are like guys that are like thick. This may sound crazy, but like wide hips, big butt, strong frame, which kind of makes it hard for defenders to, to get around them. And he has those attributes. He does have the balance and the footwork in the post, but he hasn't been efficient scoring in the post. But he does have the ability and the skill set to post up smaller players. And with his passing instincts, then he, he can make teams pay for doubling and, and kind of be a hub out of the post. Now, as far as shooting, the numbers aren't the best, but he is a a capable shooter. And one of the things that also makes him intriguing, which I mentioned as far as his passing and his decision making, is that he does have a positive assist to turnover ratio, which sometimes we don't even see that out of guys that are projected to be point guards or lead ball handlers. Now, as far as the areas of concern, he is... 
he's a good athlete. He's fluid. He moves well, but he's not explosive. He's a below the rim finisher. He doesn't have like that quick vertical pop or explosiveness around the rim. And like I mentioned, the shooting numbers are a little bit inefficient. He struggles shooting off the dribble. And then as far as like, you know, him being a below the rim finisher, I think that um, he also struggles with finishing in traffic and against length. And then, like I said, with the post moves, he has good post moves, but he is just inefficient on the post. And I think that is largely related to he doesn't really have anything with his left hand. Most of his damage is with the right. Now, as far as some numbers that stood out to me, even though I think he is best as a ball handler, he's only 6 for 24, which is like 25%. As scoring as the pick and roll ball handler, so that is kind of alarming. But overall, he's shooting 83% from the floor in transition. And as far as shooting, even though the numbers aren't great, when he's unguarded in catch and shoot situations, he is knocking down 50% of those attempts. But it's still only 27% on jumpers, 18% on jump shots off the dribble. And then, like I mentioned, struggling in the post, he's only shooting 38% on post ups. But I think that can be a fix. Like I said, he has the the moves, he has the the size and the strength. I just think that maybe if he worked on touch shots with his left hand and became just a a, a better finisher in the post, then it's going to unlock so many different things in his game because, like I said, he's a, a really good passer. He could become a guy that could be a, a hub or a, a mid-post or low-post playmaker due to his passing. All right, and the last prospect – I want to discuss is one of my new sleepers. I actually had someone reach out to me a few months back and they told me to check this this player out, which is it's not uncommon. I get a lot of people that are saying, hey, check out this kid. And I mean, honestly, sometimes the players are, I don't want to call them terrible or trash, but they are nowhere near NBA prospects. It's usually somebody's uncle and they're sending me film on an undersized player that is playing Division Two basketball and averaging seven points per game, and he's an NBA prospect in their mind, but the coach is holding them back. So I usually get a lot of those. But in this particular case, this player has stood out to me. I think he is a legitimate NBA prospect, and now he's on my list of one of the top sleepers. I'm actually going to do a video on him in the very near future. His name is Leonardo Okiki. He is from Italy, but I think he has Nigerian parents. He is 6'9", 215 pounds, only 18 years old. He's currently playing in Italy's second division, and he's averaging 10.5 points per game, 7 rebounds, 1.25 blocks per game on 56-25-54 shooting splits. Now, the first thing that stood out to me is he has like this powerful frame. Even though he's only listed at 215, you can see that his body can fill out. He has broad shoulders and he's he's like, I don't want to say wiry because usually when you think of someone, someone as wiry strong, you think of like someone super skinny like a Kevin Durant or Reggie Miller. But he is a lot stronger than his 215 pound frame suggests. He's a good athlete, not crazy explosive, but he's a, a very good athlete. But what I like is that he's comfortable making plays off the dribble, has a decent handle, can drive through opponents, which, again, the fact that he's 18 years old and he's playing against grown men in Italy and he is driving through opponents, it's kind of like even though he doesn't have like a blazing fast first step, but he has long strides that allows him to get to the rim. 
I think that he has upside as a floor spacer because he has really good touch around the rim, like really good touch. Um, I mean, he's the guy, he's one of the players that has soft touch and finishing through contact. Like there are a lot of players who struggle with driving hard to the rim, drawing contact, and then being able to finish softly. And he has that on top of having an advanced low post game for 18. Now I've spent the last few days watching a lot of prospects that are born in 2005, six, even watched a guy that was born in 2007. So, you know, in Europe, they go by the year you're born. They don't really have like high school classes. So a lot of the prospects I've seen the last few days are 15, 16, even 14 years old. And a few of the guys that I've watched that are projected to be post players are nowhere near as advanced as Okiki is in, in the post. And He's advanced and an efficient score on the block playing against grown men. I think that he has a nice face-up game. He can face up and post. So it's kind of like, you know, he'll get the ball in the mid-post and he, he's able to, if he can't beat his man off the dribble, he's able to back a smaller man down. And if it's a guy that's bigger or slower, then he can beat him off the dribble. And as far as his frame, I didn't mention that he has long arms, good hands, and I like the fact that he is physical. He doesn't shy away from contact. He's active on the offensive glass. Like he's one of the guys that you just have to put a body on. And as far as like his ball handling, he can handle in the open court. Uh, I wouldn't say he's like great as far as handling the ball in open court and shifty, but he does have the ability to get a rebound and go the length of the court in four dribbles, maybe not like two and a half dribbles like Giannis, but four dribbles. Um, as far as rebounding, like I mentioned, he's active on offensive glass. He grabs rebounds out of his area. I am just a fan of his maturity. He's not raw. You know, a lot of times, and I don't want to stereotype here, but a lot of times when you see African prospects, you see natural talent, but they're really, really raw and unpolished. I think as far as Okiki, he is very mature. And, I mean, his game has a lot of polish to it. He's also effective scoring in, in, in transition. And then, like I said, I just think that he has a high, high upside as a low post scorer and even as a mid-post shot creator, shot maker. I mean, there are times where he makes some really, really tough contested shots. And it's all because he has good touch. This is probably a bad comparison. But I see... Um, I see some mid-post Carmelo in his game. Now, he doesn't have Carmelo's first step, and he's not going to be the accomplished scorer as Carmelo, but I see a guy that has the frame to where he can play bully ball but also make short mid-range fadeaways. Now, if there is one thing that I think that he could add to his game that could make him special is if he did have like that Carmelo Anthony or Paolo Bancaro pull-up jumper from the mid post. And I think that he has the touch to do it. But if he could add that to his game, I think he could be really special. But what makes him <laughs> weird in a sense is that I did all this talking about his touch, but he's a poor free throw shooter, which is really weird for a guy with such good touch. I don't know, maybe he needs contact because, you know, he's able to take the bump and finish soft, but maybe just stand still at the free throw line. I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's weird. Uh, another area of concern is that he does have a tendency to take tough shots in the mid post or low post when he can't overpower guys. 
but he also makes up for it with his touch. Um, another area that is kind of something that I think that's concerning or he can improve on is he does have the tendency to load up or squat down on dump offs around the rim. I am just a fan of guys that can keep the ball high. He does have a tendency to where if he gets the offensive rebound, he brings the ball down low as opposed to keeping it high, which allows teams to foul him where he's not good at connecting on free throws. And then I think his decision maker as a ball handler can improve. So there are times where he gets the the rebound and he decides that he wants to push it himself and he may not have the the best opportunities or he'll end up going one on three on fast breaks and then sometimes it seems like even though he's a good finisher he does finish with dunks around the rim sometimes it seems like he struggles finishing off one foot now as far as some stats that stood out to me shooting 89 percent from the floor in transition 67 percent on cuts I know it's a small sample size, only 10 shots, but he is 5 for 10 on jump shots. So I think there's upside there, which, again, makes it weird because he shows that he has good touch, but he's a poor free throw shooter. And then he's shooting 57% around the rim on non-post-ups. And then in the post, he's shooting a respectable 42% from the floor. Not great numbers, but not bad. But I think there's high upside there. And then, like I mentioned, as far as having a pull-up, game he has only attempted five pull-up jumpers off the dribble but he has made three of them so I think Leonardo Okiki is one of the more intriguing prospects you're going to hear me talk about him a lot and if you start to hear his name buzzing on draft boards remember where you heard it first well that wraps up this episode thank you for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day Now make your second listen of the day, Locked On Bets. It is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and it is available on all platforms. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow with NBA Draft Junkies. Thank you for just supporting me throughout this year for making Locked On NBA Draft one of your top listens on apple or spotify i've seen some of the the messages i've seen some of the screenshots from your 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 podcast recaps i appreciate each and every listen again i i I mean i can just i'm just so grateful that i'm in this position to be able to talk basketball on this platform 2021 was good but 2022 i'm expecting bigger and better things thanks again hopefully everyone has a happy safe new year be safe out there Stay COVID free and I am out.